0: What's going on guys? Welcome to the 197 pound rankings podcast. Christian Piles here. Um, As we're winding down on these, just a couple more. Uh, 197 was was on our plate this evening and we've got it knocked out and it was, uh, you know, a little the good, the bad and the ugly here. As far as it reminded me a little of 165, a weight that was kind of decimated by talented guys leaving, and so you have an influx. And then I think you just naturally, when that happens, it can look a little bleak in the early goings. But I think guys are going to round into into form, and will be different guys than they were a year ago. But right now it was pretty tough. Uh, joined by Ben Golden here, and looking at uh, the the front end here, it's it's a little. I got to admit, Ben, I feel a little dirty having Morgan um, ahead of Jaden. Though I agree with it, though I believe it's the right call, it just feels a little weird having uh, Jaden as a guy who I believe career is three and one against Morgan behind that guy.
1: Well, you know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But I think when you look at the the results last year, they're both – pretty similar. Both very good last year. I think they each had three losses. Uh, Cox, you have to include the Schiller loss at the All-Star Classic, which we do include. Um, you have to include that. But So Cox lost. They, well, first of all, McIntosh and Cox split matches last year. Um, and Cox then also lost to Snyder and Scott Schiller at the All Star Classic. Um, Morgan McIntosh lost to Hartman, Snyder and who else oh and Cox at the Scuffle. So Scuffle. So but I think that there's two things that come into this decision that give Morgan McIntosh the slight but I'll say definite edge and those two things are number one, the timing of those matches. Like Morgan Mac we do give NCAAs the uh, you know more consideration than anything else. Um and Morgan McIntosh, you know, beat Jaden head to head there and outplaced him and also only lost, you know, one match to Hartman there. So Morgan at NCAAs lost to Hartman. Cox lost to both McIntosh and Snyder. Also, McIntosh got the win over Kyle Snyder at at Big Ten. So I think just those things, you know, if if NCAAs is is what matters most, um, then, you know, Morgan outperformed Cox at NCAAs when, other than the timing, their seasons were, you know, were, were pretty much, the same in a lot of ways yeah
0: extremely similar seasons I'll agree with that and McIntosh beats Schiller who beat Cox and beats Snyder who also beat Cox so um you can you could say the same about Connor Hartman who Jaden beat twice and um beat Morgan McIntosh I suppose that would be an argument to make but I I do feel good about this uh about this weight class and um that top two um slot in particular Looking down, um, if you didn't know, now you know. Um, Max Huntley got his got a sixth year, and um, w- what a year to get a sixth year, man! I mean, this is, you, you look below, <laughs> you, you look below Max, and then Max is already an All American and an established guy. But man, um, you look around, who's gonna keep him out of the top five? There's gonna have to be some guys that really, really emerge uh, from there, and. You know he he had a good season last year, beat some good guys, um, so that's the top five, and then Brett Farr coming up from one eighty four. Brett Brett was always a guy, who watching him, I was like this kid is really really good, but the results didn't always um, t- tell me what my I thought my eyes were telling me, and just uh, you know, as a reference point, this is a guy that was pre or slotted in, like, 16th at 184, and he comes into 97, he's number six. So it speaks to the, the weight disparity there um, and also maybe into his decision process. Maybe he outgrew 184, or maybe he's looking at uh, at the um, bevy of talent at 84 and saying, I'm going up. Maybe a combination of the two. But I think it's a good move for, for Brett Farr. And um, seeing him so high... Kind of had me a little uncomfortable, but uh, as you always have to ask yourself when you're doing this, well, if not him, then who?
1: Right. You know, I, I think um, I agree with you that it's going to be a good move up for uh, Brett Farr. Number one, my this weight, 184 returns. How many guys? 19 out of the top 20, which is absurd. Yeah. Um, and actually, he detracts from, so it's probably now 18 since he's moving up, but you know, so, and then this weight is, is just a lot. Uh, it's not nearly as strong in that way. But also, you know, those Minnesota guys are no stranger to the weight room. So it, it's not like moving up uh, should be expected to, you know, you know, be much to his detriment. Um, yeah, I, I think he wound up at 16. I think some of that's timing. You know, he had the loss to Scott Patrick. Um, yeah. At NCAAs, which I think sunk him a bit, uh, it was it was one of, I would guess, the better weight classes, uh, or one of the deeper weight classes last year, um, and you know, but you know, Fodder, he was just a little, like he he had solid wins. He beat Kenny Kenny Quartz a few times, um, McCutcheon, you know, who's who's not that highly ranked, you but know, beat McCutcheon solid. a couple times. Right, yeah, not that highly ranked, but but it, a good wrestler nonetheless. Um, Beat Nolan Boyd, so he, he's pretty solid. His losses, Hayden Zilmer a couple times, Taylor Meeks, Abinader, you know, just not that bad, you know, pretty solid wrestler. Uh, I think he just, the timing wasn't great for him at the end of the year, so he wound up in 16th, but definitely I feel great about him at, at number six when you look at the rest of this weight class, which, you know, I got to tell you, I remember thinking most of last year, like who's going to step it up in this weight class in the bottom half or so, like the last 10, 11 spots, who's going to step it up? Because what wound up happening is all these guys, basically from spots 10 to 30 and we don't rank 30 deep, but basically everyone from 10 to 30 is just beating each other up the whole year. And they're, almost indistinguishable because because of the way they're beating each other up and no one is kind of the cream isn't there's no cream to rise to the top is what we saw last year and now what we see is that we've lost a lot of a lot of seniors and so from I don't know from number seven down we are really lacking at this way. I I kind of wish that we could just like drop all these guys five to ten spots in a way because it, <laughs> it just that just feels more natural to me for where they belong, but this is the way the chips fall. Um yeah. Yeah, that's yeah kind of so it. that's
0: um yeah for sure. It's it's a tough one. But you know, we could look back on this in a few months and, and these guys maybe will have emerged or there's some guys that are unranked or maybe that we're not even aware of that'll, like we see almost every year at the Division One level, come out of nowhere and be really, really tough guys. Of note, and um, keep this in your the back of your mind, I guess, Abe Ayala and Brett Harner. Don't be surprised to see those two potentially pull a little switcheroo. Ayala down to 84, Harner up to 97. Um, that's being considered by Princeton. So that that's something that would, you know, actually... <laughs> It would detract from this weight all the more because uh, I don't think Harner's quite on Ayala's level even. So it would be, it would actually kind of weaken this weight potentially. Although um, Brett Harner probably has a better singular win than Abe, having beaten uh, Lorenzo Thomas. So who kn- who knows? But just something to to keep in mind. Also of note as we look, you know, I I don't know where to go with these uh, nine through twenty guys other than. Um, it's a lot of guys with the, it's, the way it's kind of cannibalized itself. And you your ears would bleed if you had to just listen to me read these guys' wins and losses. And it would be kind of boring. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to elaborate too much. We've got Frank Matias back uh, for Penn. He deferred last year. And also, unranked, keep your eye on uh, a couple guys. One Andrew Campolitano, He he tried last year. He was going to be the 97. It didn't work out. Um, it sounds like he's going to be the guy this year. We obviously all know the camp is, is super tough. And when when he's wrestling at a, at his best, um, he he could he's a legitimate All American contender at a minimum. I mean, the Andrew Campolitano we saw those first two years is more than good enough to play. So it'll just be a matter of him
1: absolutely putting it together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was around 12 his, his true freshman year, I think. So, you know, absolutely all-American caliber, Um, you, you know, talent. You know, the two years off, it, it's it's tough to know what to expect after a guy comes back for his senior year after two years of, you know, out of the lineup. But, you know, the, it's not going to be for lack of talent. Right,
0: right. Another guy to keep your eye on, uh, someone that was actually preseason. Actually, we had him in the top 20, and we took him out uh, for a guy named Sean Scott. But Marcus Harrington of Iowa State is someone someone else that I watch, and I think this kid is really, really good, and I think he's going to do well. And he could be someone, it uh, wouldn't shock me at all, to see him go from unranked to top 10 in the first couple months. I, I believe that's possible at this weight. And I believe uh, in his talent. So we'll see if that comes uh, to be true or not. Of course, um, a couple ACC guys, Jared Hot, Michael Boykin. Um, you know, talent is there. They got to put it together, to be a little more consistent. Nick Bonacorsi, I'm not sure if he's going to be the guy for Pitt or if we'll see Solomon down there. Um, but the, the bullpen is not super deep right now, not a lot of relievers, but, um, you know, that, that can all change very quickly. But as it stands right now, this is 197, uh, take it or leave it. Uh, ben, you, you got anything else for, for this weight class?
1: I, I just want to comment something that might be a little known um, to a lot of people about Jared Hot. I think... Having, you know, we both watched that match live, and he probably had more success offensively against World Champion Kyle Snyder than anyone all year last year <laughs> in terms of putting up takedowns, including Gudisov. <laughs> including Gudisov, <laughs> yeah, he had took down um, Kyle Snyder at least two times. Two times, yeah, and in that match, and and really gave him you know made made it kind of. Ooh, you know, like wonder what's Kyle Snyder going to be this, you know, how bright is his star going to shine this year early in the season? But you know, it wound up that they are both just decent wrestlers. You know, I mean, Kyle Snyder obviously is incredible, and Hada is, is just, you know, he's a good wrestler. So I think that's one of my guys to watch this year.
0: Yeah, I know that just it, it's such a weird thing, and you see the. There's outlier moments. There's outlier matches. You know, Phil Wellington beats Jaden Cox. How does this happen? And never, right. Jay, Phil was never that guy before or since. You know, it's weird right? things happen. And this is something Willie and I talk about. It's like, and it's something that it, it's actually helped me because I I can be a little absolute. Like, it will not happen. This will not happen because look at this history. There's nothing. But we see it so often that you really can't even say that kind of stuff anymore. So, um, yeah,
1: that, that's a good point.
0: Yeah, I mean, these guys are humans. You,
1: you expect to be shocked sometimes, you know? You almost have to build in a shocking result yeah. here and there. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, that's all we got for 197. Um, enjoy your Thursday, guys, and we will see you tomorrow wrapping up the individual weight classes with heavyweight.